Ben has a debt to pay. And the Archers has a new partner. There's a jag-sized secret hanging in the air. But how long before war breaks out? I'm Alex. I'm Rob. And this is the Wolford Weekly Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Wolford Weekly, your weekly EastEnders podcast where this week we'll be discussing the episodes released on the BBC in the UK from Monday the 9th to Friday the 13th of August. And I cannot do this without my compondre, Mr Rob. Hello Mr Rob. Uh, I'm very well thank you Mr Alex, how are you? I'm I'm excellent, thank you. Uh, despite uh, many many things happening to me this week, I'm writing this week yes. off. Um, I won't bore you with it. Well, I've I, already bored you with the details, Rob. You've already bored people. You've already you know, bored me. Doesn't fair to. Um, but I, well, no, because I think some, you know when something dramatic happens to you. Because as we said last week, you were off to see your parents down south and had like an eight hour eight eighteen hour drive or whatever it was to get down to get down there down south, and then when you were returning. You mentioned this on the other podcast, but if anybody didn't see that, Alex had quite a dramatic journey on the way back from his parents last week, didn't you? So, I mean, I mean, you had a car crash. Now, I have to say, it was, you know, you could probably tell the story about Nike, but I have to say, when you told me this story, all I could think of was, you know, when Dot was having a little incident on the car in, in the car going down the M25, and she was just doing all this, yes, like, doing, yes, like, veer, veering acting, like, drove the wrong way. <laughs> yep, and then you sort of just like just along a little bank and stayed there while the horn just blasted and the camera zoomed up. That was pretty much how I imagined it to be. You've got your own little duff duff in my head. So what actually happened? Yeah, you've pretty much summed it up. It's uncanny how you've explained it. <laughs> Basically, what happened was that that um, my tire burst, and so it caused my car to do a one eighty on a road. But it just so happened that on the, it was on a road where there's a small bridge. And so I got, I hit the, the stone bridge, kind of rocked almost, then rocked back again. And the whole time you just sat there like that. What has just happened? <laughs> um, the, the shock was the worst part. Genuinely, the shock was the worst part for me. It was, it was, I was in shock for a long time to, um, to the point that I couldn't even Google for a tow truck. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I was literally Googling nothing at all. The nonsense that's in my Google history now <laughs> from that night, I have no idea. But yeah, so, um, but I'm safe. I'm well. I mean, I'm completely okay. Right. Um, my, sa- my savior. I am. I'm honestly, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. My, the, my van's right. not fine. Uh, it's unfortunately been is written off. So now I'm looking for a new car. I thought, you said, I thought you said the van was okay. No, well, I thought it was because I changed the tyre and <laughs> carried on driving as if nothing had happened. Ignoring then the massive I thought, dent you know, in the side. It's like, I've changed the tyre, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And the grass in the wheel arches. But, um, <laughs> but, but I had it checked out. I thought it's probably safe. It's probably safe to get it checked out. And the mechanic basically oh, said that God. you can have it fixed, but it's it's worth almost twice the value of the, the vehicle itself. So it's fine. I, I've got I've, someone's offered me a good price to buy it because they're going to fix it and then probably do it up and then make a, a bit of profit from it. And then uh, me and Auto Trader are like that this week. We're kind of like just uh, looking, helping me, guide me, find a new car. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a horrible ending to what ended up being quite a nice trip down to see my mum and dad. But um, mm. it was fine. I can't, I can't complain. Like you say, if if there was a duff duff, that would have been more exciting. If I had an ending like Mel, where I was being dragged out by a pregnant woman, and yeah. uh, then I decided to hear voices, I could hear your voice, Rob. You saying, yeah. "Alex, you need to record the next Alex, episode," and I start walking Starbucks back towards my car. Here. Alex, I've got people coming here. Come here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, then that would have been much worse, and <laughs> you'd be doing the weekly on your own, unfortunately. But um, yeah, anyway, there's, there's much face. more important yeah. news. <laughs> there's much more important news actually that's come up this week. In fact, it's been a really big news mm. week for EastEnders this week. Um, first of all, uh, it was announced that another new character is being introduced to the show, uh, actor Charlie R- Wernham. Uh, who you may know from Bad Education. He played a part in that that comedy series on BBC One. He's being introduced as the brother of Dana in the Monroe family. His name's Aaron. Um, nothing's really been explained of what his story's going to be, but come on, throw out some ideas. What, what do you think, Rob, could be well, a potential storyline with him? I mean, you've got a 
young bloke who's in a really sharp suit and sort of... I mean, he's not smiling in his promo picture, is he? I have a feeling he's going to be trouble. No. He looks like trouble. Because the guy um, used to be in Hollyoaks as well, so he's got so he's got soap opera experience. And um, there's been a few people I've seen online that say, oh, I really wanted him in EastEnders for a while. So this, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what he's going to bring. And it seems to be an expansion on the Monroe family. They are... Proper, a proper kind mm. of unit now, it seems. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring. It sounds like his his story is going to sort of integrate. I have a feeling that him and Bobby are not going to get on. I have a feeling that he's going to be problems. He's going to bring big problems to the Bills. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring. Mm. Mm. Like me too. Me too. Um, I mean, there's there's been a few stories kind of sniffing around where people think that he might be there's there's a there's a questioning sexuality story kind of hanging around there's also uh, perhaps he's linked yeah i know that's what i feel like as well so there's that kind of hovering over the kind of storyline have a shower but i'm like you stop it (laughs) (laughs) you're calming down um it's interesting that they are building up the monroe family it's not Normally, when they bring back bring in a family like they did with the Panasars um, and the Taylors, they normally bring them in as one long, long, large mm. unit. But uh, with the Monroes, they seem to be introducing them one by one by one and seeing, I suppose, if the audience are cl- ha- attaching on to them. Um, but I like yeah. that they're doing that. Last week, I think we both agreed that we're pleased that, that Harvey's been introduced. We're pleased that this new family yeah. is in, onto the square. And there's a lot of potential for them coming forward. Um, and it's nice also that they're linked to the bills because it means that the bills have a bit more meaning to them as well because i think kathy and we'll probably talk about this a bit later on but kathy and harvey's getting quite close too so i think there's more of a connection mm. not just bobby now but also kathy there too yes indeed and then the other piece of news is that we have mm-hmm. uh well we've got two uh eastenders related strictly signings this week we've got nard uh, nina nina no what's her name uh, you've got the names written down. You go for it. <laughs> I'm not going to pull these out. Of the top you had it. It's Nina Nina Wadia. <laughs> Nina Wadia. Nina, Nina Wadia, Wadia, who plays Zainab. And... <laughs> yes, that's it. And Frankie, who's Rose Ailing Ellis. Yes, I couldn't remember her name. There yes, you go. Rose now this is exciting. <laughs> now this is exciting because uh, Rose is uh, Strictly's first ever death contestant. So it's going to be mm. interesting to see how she, um, talk, well, how how that works for how that will work on the show. Um, so I'm really, I'm really, I, cause now neither me or you actually really watched Strictly all that much because poor Macy Smith when she was in, we didn't mention her until probably Strictly had finished. Oh, by the way, didn't Macy do well at Strictly? Uh, so, but I might actually watch it this year because there's some there's some. Uh, you know, we're two EastEnders people. I feel like we wouldn't be doing our job properly as EastEnders podcasters if we didn't no. support Team EastEnders on Strictly. And there's two of them this year. So go Rose. Go Nina. Let's do this. You can do this. It's exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, I, I'm like you. I'm very excited to see Rose do it. Um, I think it'll be fascinating mm. to see how she will. Obviously, I, I, I say obviously, I don't know absolutely nothing, but um, I would imagine that it would be the beat. So if you'll hear the beat of the music that would cause her to know yeah. how to kind of do the dance um, and learn it that way. I mean, it's going to be a hundred times more difficult for her because um, obviously yeah. being deaf, you, it's it's going to be tougher. But in I don't know if you ever watched the American series, but um, there was a, a deaf contestant on the American series called Nile. Now the only reason Ben and I know this is because we he was first of all on America's Next Top Model series 22 double X double I baby and uh people who watch series 22 will get that. And um they <laughs> and he 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 won. He went on to win strictly as well. So I'm I'm so pleased that they're doing it um this year. I mean there's a lot of firsts this year on strictly as well. Not this is a strictly podcast but there's the first uh two male coupling as well this year yes. as well. Um so that should be Oh is there? I didn't know that so i am yes uh the guy john Waits, who won uh bake-off in the uk he's gonna have a male partner with him so uh you know kicking and screaming into the 21st century is the old bbc so i'm, I'm really looking forward to them uh the matchups uh, on that and like you say um hopefully hopefully we won't end every podcast from when the series of strictly begins of us both going oh yeah we should have mentioned that someone did mention. quite well on strictly this week <laughs> Promise. We were terrible, but Maisie did very well, and uh, we enjoyed Maisie she doing did. On the well show. Well done, Maisie. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, well done, well done for last year. Um, so right, let's talk about EastEnders then, because there is a yeah, lot to talk week. about, and um, I suppose we have. 
Yeah, and we have kind of touched on it slightly as I uh, just now with Kathy. But uh, let's talk about then, first of all, the kind of story of Harvey finding out through uh, Terry this week, a bit of a snide yes. move by Terry, uh, that Bobby had killed his sister and the fallout of that. Um, you know, Harvey was adamant that Dana shouldn't be allowed to see Bobby anymore. Dana went her own way and said, no, Dad, you can't tell me what to do, which was I thought was interesting. Um, so... Yeah. First of all, so Terry revealing that secret, was it just because he wanted to kind of break up with Kathy because he was a bit afraid of commitment? And if it was, why is he afraid of this commitment with Kathy? Well, I think this all boils down to that coughing fit he had a few weeks back. Now, remember we when, when that first happened, we both said, well, he's dying then, isn't he? There must be something r- wrong with him. <laughs> now, leading into this... <laughs> I I kind of think what's happening is that he is either dying or he thinks he's dying and he's heard, he's overheard Kathy, you know, mention, you know, wedding bells and, you know, how she loves him and all that sort of thing. He's kind of like, oh, well, great. Now I've, you know, I, I'm going to really hurt this, this woman if I die. You know, so I think what he's doing is sort of self-sabotaging it so that Kathy isn't hurt as much as she is now in the long run. So I don't think that it's because the way that they did it, I I think was supposed to suggest that there's something a little bit dark about him. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's more to do with whatever is going on with him, with him being ill or whatever this coughing fit was all about. It's about, it's about that, I think. Mm. So it's more to do with him trying to save Kathy's feelings from being more hurt than she needs to be, in my opinion. But what do you think? Hmm. Well, I, I agree. I, I mean, at first I wondered if it was a bit of a mask slipping for Terry um, and that we're now starting to see the Terry that has always been uh, discussed by Sonia and, you know, by, by the family um, and whether we're now going to, you know, this is this is it. This is when we're going to see more. But I, it's weird because it would really disappoint me if we were going to get that Terry because I actually have grown to quite like this version mm. of Terry, the Brian Connolly, is performing very well, um, and I'm, I, mm. you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want him to change. There's too many kind of dark characters on the show right now, and I would like him to be this kind of lighter character. So I hope you're right. I hope it is that he's basically doesn't want. He wants to save Kathy the pain of losing someone who she has fallen for. Um, it's it's quite it's a bit similar to Jean's story, isn't it? When she uh, it's exactly like Aid Edmondson's yeah. character, <clears throat> Daniel. Mm. And so uh, it, yeah, Daniel, thank you. And so um, yeah, I I hope it is that. Um, it's just it's just I felt really disappointed that he re- rele- released that information to Harvey last week because it was just I don't know. It was like he it felt a little bit like he got some pleasure from it, and I worried when when I saw that, but. Um, Hopefully not. Yeah, I think that's just the impression we were supposed to get. So that it's going to be really surprising when when um, he reveals that he's dying from some horrific illness. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty convinced that is what it is. Because otherwise, what was that coughing fit about all those weeks ago? You know, when Sonia was, was trying mm. to force feed him water because he was coughing that badly. You know, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I it's got it's she's got to be something to do with that. It's, she is a nurse. She's either going to give him water or try and stab him in the throat with a pen. One of the two. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't. It's. It has to be something like that. I don't think he is a dark person. I mean, I know when he first came in, you know, and we, well, you were saying about you know his past and what we had had revealed about Terry in the past, which I think is it's safe to say is not a thing anymore, isn't it? It's been a rewrite. It's it's happened. No. It's all gone away. Um. So, you know, you have your, we have our own opinions about that, you know. <laughs> but um, I think, I don't think there is a massive amount of darkness about him, is there? I don't, this iteration of Terry, I don't think well, is a particularly dark person. No, I mean, we only know what we know of Terry through hearsay and conversations and perhaps, you know, it's through time, it could have, you could argue that it's been spun and become worse and worse and worse. Um, but yeah, as you mm. say, this I like Terry the way he is right now and it worries me that mm. they kind of I don't want them to turn him into kind of an Alfie Moon character because Alfie Moon was a very likable lovable character and then over time he became more and more despicable and quite a quite a hateful character and uh, I don't mm. want them to do that with Terry really because I, I think Brian Connolly's doing a great job the way he's playing him right now um yeah. Harvey then so Harvey and his uh his thoughts about Bobby do you, do you think he was right to keep Dana at arm's length. I think it was. I think it was fairly normal. Uh, well, 
I think it was a fairly normal reaction, wasn't it? I mean, it was only going to be a matter of time before we found out because it's not like it's the secret that the Beals seem to think it is anymore. Like, everybody knows <laughs> what Bobby did to his sister. You know, the papers know, mm. the police know, everybody knows. So how long Dana and Bobby realistically thought they were going to be able to keep this a secret, you know, who knows? But, um, yeah, the, the obviously the way that he found out was via Terry and... It was interesting that when he went round, there seemed to be more of a bone of contention between him and Kathy than he did Bobby. I mean, obviously he turned, he stormed yeah. in, was like, right, you, out, this isn't happening, no, no more. Um, but Kathy was really annoyed, and there seemed to be disappointment from Kathy, I thought, that Harvey was reacting this way. So I think you might be right. It didn't necessarily land in my head, but I was almost surprised by the immediate sort of chemistry that they had between each other. You know, it was, it, yeah. it felt a little bit more than, my grandson's dad is being unreasonable. It felt a bit more like Harvey, you're being unreasonable. Do you know what I mean by that? It, like it, there seems to be yeah. something there. So I think I have a feeling that yeah, Harvey and Kathy might be a duo to watch for in the future. Um, but it seems that he gets mm. over it fairly quickly. I would have thought because Bobby gets his A level results this week, and he's done all right. Although I did, th- I did, I did think it quite odd that he did worse in religious studies, and he did the main subject that he was doing was it English <laughs> literature or something. He didn't do that well in he didn't do that well in religious yeah. studies. <laughs> um, so, but he, you know, he, he got a B, a B in religious studies. Great. Um, so, you know, and Harvey said congratulations to him, uh, and then that seemed to be that. So, I wonder if it's going to be. Hmm. I wonder if how much longer Harvey is going to... Because Dana has basically said, turned around to her dad and said, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. I've got to keep seeing him. So try me. Um, so I don't think mm. that that's really going to be an issue for much longer, is it? No. I mean, again, I, th- I feel like with the introduction of Aaron coming soon, I feel like he may prod the bee's nest, uh, the hornet's nest, uh, very soon. <laughs> um, uh, and very similar to what I think I said a few a few weeks ago. Which is, uh, (laughs) you watch, uh, as I said a few weeks ago, I think they're becoming like the Hills, like they're almost like the Hills family are in like the classic EastEnders at the moment. They just seem to have the very similar dynamic. It's the father, the son and the daughter. And there's, you know, there's this kind of a secret about where the mother is. So when they introduce Aaron, when they do introduce Aaron, I feel like he's going to be the one who's going to be kind of winding his dad up and kind of making more of an issue than it, what it is what it is yeah i agree i think aaron is going to come with a a piece a rather large piece of the jigsaw where it comes to wherever this mother is because something they said this week would indicate that she's still alive because she they said i've you know Mm. we've been we've been like it was something it was something like we've been together ever since your mother left so it wasn't since you since your mother died it was when since your mother left so she's still alive so where is she is the big question um there's something odd going on with with the Monroes and where it, where this mother is you know is she going to turn up on the square at some point what does Aaron know so I, I am actually quite excited by all the potential revelations that this new family is going to bring to the square and what impact that might then have on the Beals so hmm, it's I think, yes I like it I like it for one for the future yeah. yes <laughs> like I say it's interesting yeah. that the Beals they've kind of involved in the Beals too so hopefully hopefully that will mm. You know, build them up a little bit more um, in future storylines. So uh, next storyline we're going to chat about is Grey and Chelsea and the uh, whole Karen not trusting Chelsea. Is she right to not trust Chelsea? It seems this week that she probably is because Chelsea has started dating or flirting with other men. She pretty much outright told Sharon that she's basically going to sponge Grey now for all his worth. You know, she's already got his his legal advice, which is all she really wanted to start with. But now she's thinking, well, yeah. I've also found out he's quite rich. Yeah, so I'll be able to get you know a bit more from him. Um, I, I must yeah. say that, that I've 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 got angry that I saw online this week that a lot of people said that if Grey was to kill her, that she would deserve it, and I think that's disgraceful and disgusting. On, uh, I want to say that outright. Because, Come on, people. Yeah, that's that's no way does anyone deserve the you know the the treatment of what Grey has dished out on that show um in any way um so to to wish that upon chelsea just because she's um you know a little bit a little bit like a magpie likes her shiny things then i think that's mm. that's disgraceful but um 
Gray doesn't seem to be any wiser, though, of the way Chelsea's ways are happening at the moment. So, you know, <clears throat> I think the thing is we need to talk about is what would happen when Gray does? What's going to happen with that? Well, I mean, I think we've seen what happens when uh, Gray uh, discovers something or when Gray loses his temper. I honestly think that Chelsea is, for want of a better mm. phrase, cruising for a bruising um, because she is playing a very, very dangerous game without realising it, isn't she? Because I don't think that she believes Grey to be anything other than a, a sort of slightly boring, rich lawyer with two bratty kids that might be good in bed and might mm. be able to give her a, a nice a nice posh holiday that she'll quite happily go on. Because um, clearly, when she went round to Grey's house, once she'd had the, once she'd had the tag removed from her foot uh, and she was talking to uh, Sharon and Vi, of all people, uh, in the Vic... And, you know, sort of getting confidence <laughs> yeah. boost and saying, yeah, you're right. I am young. I am young. And I've got a fabulous pair of boobs and I can, and a fabulous ass and I can do whatever I like with them. Um, so she went round to Grace house with, I think, the intention of saying, thanks for everything you've done, but see you later. Good luck with the kids. Um, but then Grace sort of sprung this really sort of posh, exotic holiday on her. And she was like, actually, I might stay here until the holiday is over. So, um, but I think it's it's only a matter of time before I think Grey reveals his uh, true colours to her. And it's going to be a painful experience for Chelsea, I think. Mm. Because she, to be fair, I think what she is doing is she is doing everything that Grey despises in a person. You know, she is taking advantage of him. She's humiliating him. In a lot of ways, like, this is all yeah. how he will feel by the end yeah. of it. Um, you know, taking mm. advantage of the kids, taking advantage of him uh, and his money, and he's going to feel used and betrayed, and that's not going to end well for Chelsea. Now, um, what Gray has also done a couple of times is sort of manipulate Chelsea into staying, which you know presumably is how Chantel he managed to keep Chantel around for all these years. Now. See, the awkward thing is, it's kind of, we kind of, is he's going back into the, the old form where he was slightly more interesting as a villain because we're seeing the abuser side of things come out, and that's the message that they've been trying, that they claim they've been wanting to tell all along, like how these abusers keep people in these relationships, which is what is more what we should have been seeing as opposed to him pushing people in front of trains and you know all the other random crazy stuff that mm. he was doing. Um, so I don't know, but it, it's. It, yeah, yeah. I, I, basically, I think Chelsea is in a lot of trouble, and it's not going to be long before it happens. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's stuff online. Get a grip, people. For the love of God, like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. honestly, what's wrong with you? It's mad. Yeah, no, it's, it's disgraceful. I'm sorry, it's disgraceful for people were saying. Um, you're right. I think that Gray is ultimately going to be is being embarrassed by uh, Chelsea. And if she continues to embarrass him, then that's going to be something that he's not going to be very happy or wise about. And especially since he stood up for Chelsea as well in front of Karen. Uh, mm. She's been doing it continuously, but this week he <laughs> did it very much. You know, t- having told Karen off for locking her in the laundrette as well when she had uh, like... Hiding the laundrette keys in her boots. That's a question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking for the keys, Grey. Gen- genuinely, I can't find them. <laughs> it's like, oh, mad. Um... But no, I do, I do, I worry for Chelsea very much. But um, yeah, I, I must say, it's something I've not noticed actually that you've brought up there is that Gray seems to be, Jace, Gray seems to be doing the chasing and not Chelsea, which is interesting. I'm trying to remember, like, the relationship with um, Chantel. Was it Gray always doing the chasing in that relationship? Because I think Chantel I mean, probably. wanted to please Gray. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I think if I seem to remember them talk when they spoke when they talked about how Chantel and Grey got together, there was something to do with uh, Grey uh, running over a puddle and getting her soaked or something. Now it's quite easy to believe that Grey kind of was seeing this woman and then did it deliberately to kind of get her attention. Um, so I can imagine that Grey was more sort of. But the thing is with Grey, you know, he's a great-looking, successful, you know, guy who. I can imagine it's quite it's quite easy to make these sorts of you know to make women fall for him quite quickly because if you remember when he first came into yeah. the square before any of this sort of nastiness was revealed we were obsessed with Grey we loved Grey he was a great he was a great new character really good looking really fun you know this was the image that he's it was you know saying this is the image that these people can give off to people and you don't know what goes on behind closed doors that was the whole story about it um, so it, I and. There is still a lot of people on the square, it's been mentioned a few times, that still think Grey is like that. They've got sympathy for him about what happened with Chantel. Um, but nobody really, apart from, 
no nobody apart from Kirat um, and Laura the lawyer has got anything really bad to say about Grey. Even Whitney keeps going back to him because we shouldn't mm-hmm. forget that Whitney is um, a sort of is coming back into the story now. So what's going to happen is is he going to break up with Chantelle and then get back with Whitney, or is Whitney going to be the person that saves Chantelle out of the situation? There's a few different ways they could play it, but yeah, it's gonna. It, we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, Mitch is also another one to add to your list of people who are suspicious about him. Um, but he he's being shot oh, well, down yes. at every opportunity, isn't he? Unlike unlike uh, mm. Karat and um, you know others who who have who don't really say anything vocally about it. Okay, so the, the uh, his boss said something to Chelsea, but Chelsea kind of forgot it. The only one who's being vocal about Gray right now is Mitch, and because like you say because he's giving off this personality of you know this nice guy. Um, Mitch is getting shot down at every opportunity. So, um, and I, I hate that we're going to have to say at the end of this that Mitch was right as well because I don't want to admit that Mitch was right at anything. I know. It's I right. Know. If it I helps, know. I doubt Mitch will be shown that much because he certainly hasn't been like for ages and ages and ages. <laughs> it's been ages since like Mitch had uh, Mitch has had anything remotely significant to do. Even when Chantel mm-hmm. first died, we barely saw Mitch. You know, so it's I don't I don't I don't think yeah. he'll be troubled by Mitch too much, Alex. I don't think he's going to bother. I don't think he'll be there to complain <laughs> about all that much. <laughs> No, unfortunately, I think the aftermath of Chantel's death was a bone of contention for us because nothing was really shown on screen for anyone. So, wasn't an aftermath, yeah. um, Yeah, there was none. Uh, Do you want to talk about Ruby and Martin really quickly and how Jean now knows the secret of what Ruby uh, had done? Yeah, because mm. Ruby Ruby felt really she really felt like that her karma was like on zero and that the only way that she could redeem herself and have the gods like look down at her uh, and think that she deserves to have a child is to by telling the truth. She thinks that she's done so many bad things in her life um and that she's now getting, you know, punished for it. Um so has finally admitted to Jean what she's done. Uh and that is well, I mean, she still said though this week that she still blames Stacy for losing the child. So she's not really yeah. kind of admitted everything. Not really learned anything. No. She's not really learned anything at all. There's been it was I think Jean is sort of there's been a bit of a case of the knocking hearts with Ruby this week with Jean, hasn't there? You know, that's you know that do you know what I mean by that? That story where, you know, there's a Someone's been killed and she's been buried under floorboards and the guilty conscience yeah, is the under- fact that the heart is still yeah. knocking under the floor. But yeah, yeah, I was just checking. Just checking. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so that's I've going to yeah, the one, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, cultured little, little sausage you. Um, so, uh, yeah. so, so they've got all they've got all of that sort of thing going on. Um, Ruby is kind of... I think she's just driving herself a bit mad, isn't she? Because she is absolute. She's become absolutely obsessed with things like karma and... Like how mm. she's not a good person because Isaac might have Isaac said in the height of his sort of um, schizophrenic paranoia that she wasn't a good person that she was a bad person. She seems to have taken that really to heart ever since ever since he said it. Um, and yeah, she's just completely and utterly overcome with guilt uh, and beside herself with nerves about the whole thing. Uh, and then eventually she goes to hospital this week to have, uh, the procedure for her endometriosis done. Um, which she doesn't have anymore. They've, remo- they've successfully removed all her endometriosis. Yeah. Um, she's, I don't, I don't know. Is the honest I mean, that, I did sort of raise well, an eyebrow. From, from... I did raise an eyebrow about it, but I don't know. Yeah, from from what I've from readings, just as an off point, from from readings and from conversations I've had with people, it, it doesn't normally work that way. It can work that way, but normally it's something that would take years and years and years and years to fix and cure. Um, uh, if cure at all. Well, if it can, so then it it's feels possible. a little bit I like uh oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. This is the soap that can bring back the dead. So let's let's not let's not maybe say naughty naughty no for point, doing it, it, but at the same time, let's just kind of yeah. yeah but yeah, yes, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, you're right yeah. about Ruby. Yeah. Um and yeah, so eventually she. T- See, the thing is, I have to say, I was sort of because I I wasn't entirely sure what Jean didn't know about any of this because Ruby was acting as though she had this massive mm. massive secret to keep from Jean. Um. And then eventually kind of came out with... Because as far as I could tell, Jean was holding her responsible for sending Stacey to prison. Correct. 
you know, she was claiming that she she was saying that St that Ruby was sort of you know lying about everything that she said about Stacy causing the miscarriage. Correct. So then Ruby turns around and says, "Yeah, all of those things are actually true, Jean." <gasps> You know, and Jean's horrified and, yeah. and just kind of storms out. And um, <laughs> so I was kind of confused as to what exactly the big secret was supposed to be. But either way, um, Jean uh, now knows that Ruby's a liar um, and has said that because um, she's off to see Sean for a couple of weeks because that'll be a cheery holiday, I'm sure. Um, and and has, has and has and has said to Ruby, right. When I get back, you better have told Martin what has happened. Otherwise, I'm going to tell him. So Ruby now has to tell Martin. Now, again, I mean, all of this happened so long ago. I can't, I can't quite remember how it all played out. But Martin, again, is, well, pretty much under the impression that Stacy was the one that caused the miscarriage. So Jean is going to tell him that it, that she lied about all of it, even though Ruby yeah. does still believe that Stacy was in some way the cause of the miscarriage. So it's a bit yeah. junction-ish, yeah. really, isn't it? It's a bit messy. It's, yeah... It's it's the pushing down the stairs part. I think is the is the bit that yeah. Jean wants out in the open that that never actually happened. Um, so there's, mm. there's, I suppose, in Jean's mind, maybe she agrees with Ruby that there's no question that perhaps Stacy had some involvement for the miscarriage because of the stress that she oh. because Ruby did mention also that they built up to that point that Stacy had continuously yeah, yeah. bullied her and was like really winding uh, yeah. her up. So there's that Which... maybe. Yeah, but which actually, if I cast my mind back, wasn't a million miles away from the truth because Stacey was proper sort of going for Ruby a lot of the time at the time. Yeah. Now, I know we had a bit of bone of contention as to, you know, because we got into, a, you know, we got a bit of criticism by saying, well, maybe Stacey is a little bit responsible. Um, you know, but the other thing, the, mo- the other main thing that she lied about, was, uh, which I've just remembered, is the fact that she told Jean that she had actually tried to get all this sorted with the police when... I think at the time yeah. something happened where she was like, actually, screw you, Stacey. Screw you, Slater. You can go to prison. And that's what ended up with Stacey going to prison. So that was, I think, uh, the big part of the secret as well, wasn't it? So she confessed to that as well. So Jean now knows that Ruby made absolutely no efforts to get Stacey out of prison or to stop her from being arrested. or Because <laughs> remember, D.I. on fleek was the one that was behind all, was behind all of that. So I hope we see her again. Um, so it's, <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, how long is it going to be, be reckoned before? Did we find out how long Stacey's in prison for? A year, wasn't it? It was 12 months, I believe. It's almost as long as a maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, but she's not, gonna, I mean, she's not going to get out for good behaviour, is she? Because she got into that fight a couple of weeks ago. So she's in there. For, well, she's, yes, she's in there for unlikely. as long as necessary, really, isn't she? She's in there for as long as she needs to be. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, is she? Do you reckon she might return in a similar vein to when another certain young lady is returning in the next in in the next few months, maybe? Or do you reckon we're going to be waiting a little bit longer? Oh, you, you, or you are talking about the J word? Are you? <laughs> I actually went like that the when J I said word, the, yes. the J word. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or the J name, uh, yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know where she's because you know Lacey is off for you know for maternity reasons. So I. But the thing is with Lacey Turner, she loves she loves doing the show. So I can I can just. imagine that she would she would be quite happy just to return, even if it's just kind of like a hi everyone, I'm back, but I'm going to go away now and live with my brother for another three months or something like that, and then come back. Can walk again. in, slap Ruby, um, walk out, again. just to kind yeah. of yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, I, I've said again, I've said this before. I think it's such a shame that they kind of ruined the relationship between Ruby and Stacey. So I hope that maybe now Ruby has told the truth that this this is now the bridge being built between them, and so then when Stacey does come this back, they both kind of about. say to each other. I know, but I just... But what about Stacey Stacey, her daughter? Um, <laughs> what's what's going to happen when she finds out as well? Lily, yeah. What's going to happen when Lily finds out? Something vindictive and nasty and evil. Something horrific. Lily won't react well to it because Lily isn't that sort of child. Uh, well, because Lily is uh, not dealing well with the fact that Stacey is um, away. I think she got a letter from Stacey this week, didn't she? Um, so Lily's not exactly dealing well with everything that's sort of going on around her at the minute with uh, Stacey being away and the sort of the chaos that's that's kind of around her. So, yeah, I have no doubt whatsoever that when this all comes out, Lily will be sat there on the front, on the front line, so to speak, against Ruby. Um, yeah, so... 
I bet. I, I, yeah. So will Ruby reveal this secret? But then what she also has to what Jean also has to bear in mind is that they've got secret. She Ruby has a secret about Jean. So you know, this it's is, this is something else that I wondered because because with maybe Jean feels also a bit like she's been betrayed because Ruby found out her secret, but Ruby didn't tell. Jean, her, her, sorry, Ruby found out Jean's secret, but she didn't tell Ruby her secret straight away after finding out. It's mm. almost, you know, you think that there may be a bit of honesty between them. Because, because to be fair, Jean has been looking after Ruby, despite the kind of, there's, there seemed to be undertones the whole time of her not really trusting Ruby. Jean has taken care of Ruby, like taking her to hospital mm. visits and being a shoulder to cry on quite a lot these past few weeks. So I imagine that must be quite hard on Jean too, because I think Jean's one of those people who she she um, kind of rates people on on their on their kind of trust and their their you know kindred ship with her maybe, and so she feels like that that's been portrayed too. So not just has she been portrayed mm. by Stacey, you know, the secret of Stacey, but also by that you know Ruby. She let Ruby in despite her yes regard you know her reservations and now she's mm-hmm. she was right to have those reservations in the first place poor jean mm-hmm. poor ruby <laughs> poor stacy poor ruby poor everybody poor stacy poor everybody <laughs> yes <laughs> i d- you you said about um uh the j word or the j name and uh her return so do you think she's going to be quite close with stacy then when she returns because obviously there's scarlet no. as well who's coming back with the j word and has been cast. So Scarlet could become quite good friends with Lily. Yeah. So Lily and Scarlet could become. If quite you think that's friends, gonna, so... if you think that's gonna happen, if you don't think that they're gonna have cast Scarlet and not and cast Lily into the type of child that she is, which is literally Mini Stacy at ten, uh, mm. and not make mm. Scarlet Mini Janine at ten, and not make. Mm. Stacy and not make Stacy and Janine's relationship be reflected in both of their girls' relationships at ten. Then you're mad, you know. Stacy, um, Lily and <laughs> Jan- uh, Scarlet and Lily are going to be mortal enemies. You know they are. They're going to come in and they're going to immediately hate each other for no reason apart from the fact that they are that they've noticed that their mums don't like each other. So oh, that means that I hate you. Then it's going to be as simple as that, and they're going to be absolutely at each other's throats as quickly as they possibly can. Now, I would quite like it if Lillian and Scarlet got on immediately, became really close, because I cannot imagine that Janine has produced a, a the type of child that you would show that you would introduce to your grandma. Let's be honest, Scarlet is not going to be the type of... We're going into big old spoiler territory here, so apologies if, you, if you've been living under a spoiler-free rock for the past few months. Um, but, yeah, I can't imagine that Scarlet's going to be come back and be a particularly angelic child, do you? So I would quite like it if Lily and Scarlet got on really well and they were just sort of, you know, sort of watching their parents at loggerheads because Janine and Stacey's relationship has always been insanely fractured. So I God, I can't wait for them to meet again. Um, but yeah, no, there is not a chance in hell, I don't think, that they are going to be able to resist the opportunity to make Scarlet and Lily sort of the next generation of that. Never in a million years. Right. Right. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I wondered if they were going to buck the trend and make them. But I, I, like you say, I think from 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 rumours and articles, I think mm. that Scarlet is going to be a chip off her mum's block, as it were. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, next up is a story where we are talking about Ben's debt uh, that he decided to take out a loan to keep the archers going. Um, apparently, not making any money, the archers, but because it's been in the fa- family since the early nineties. When yeah, yeah, right, you're absolutely right. We'll get to that. So yeah, so Ben's keeping the the business alive. Um, Phil is refusing to help him out. So this lad comes along on a bike. It was no <laughs> line of duty. Not even a lad. Not even a lad. It was eight. <laughs> Like, oh, I don't know how old he was, but it was just, it's the way he just went, you need to repay your debt. <laughs> like, oh, Who is this guy who's sending terrifying. out eight-year-olds to, sort of, to go and deal with other gangsters? Like, please. <laughs> if that little lad came across on a bike oh. to you, you'd be like, move, little boy, move out of my way before I put yeah, a gun out of Just like, around the top of his head. Honestly, honestly, that was funny. Um, but yeah. 
Mm. It seems that the it seems that the archers uh, under Ben's management has has fallen uh, into slightly difficult times, um, and Ben has had to take out. All of this has happened off screen, of course, but um, Ben has had to take out a uh, quite considerable, by the sound of things, uh, loan from a loan shark to sort of pay for any uh, debts and bills that the archers has accumulated over the past few months. Now. We, I mean, I'm not going to go. I'm not even. Gonna, we're not even going to talk about the the fact that he's kept August and Callum. I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm not interested. We we know it's there. We know it's a bone of contention for us both. We've we've done it to death. All right. So it shouldn't the be a surprise to us. Roundabout. Yes. 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 Absolutely. But that's it. All right. That's it. <laughs> There's <laughs> no point. Okay, we know it happens. Da, 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 da. It, no, we know it happens. All right. It's we there. don't. No, no, no. Um, you know what? We don't need to talk about it anymore because you know what? No, we, we, no. We, every week we say something. So let's not talk about it. But we should imagine talk if we about talked about it. The fact that crap. <laughs> imagine if we did, but we're not going to. <clears throat> Imagine. It's fine. But but we but has paid the debt <laughs> off for Ben. He asked his yes. dad, uh, Phil. Phil said, "No, you got yourself in trouble." He asked Kathy. Kathy, can said, I just say, you really got that much money? Uh, hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie. You know, as critical as I am of Ben a lot of the time, I wasn't a, I wasn't massively keen on the fact that he went to Phil for help. This is Phil that you know when someone like Shirley or most people. Go to Phil and go. I need a loan, please. I need I need seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. And Phil will literally just go to his go to his safe, give the money across, and then we'll never hear from it ever again. <laughs> so I wasn't it's overly insane. keen on the fact that when his own son went to him and said, "I'm in trouble with a loan shark who may who may well break my legs today," that Phil was kind of like, "It's mm. your problem, mate. You deal with it." And just got into his car and drove away. Um, but, so I wasn't but massively honestly, keen on that. Honestly, honestly. No, no, and uh, Rob, honestly, if you, if honestly, from watching again, watching classic episodes of Eastenders, like, I have a key ring that says that. Watching classic episodes of Eastenders, if you see like the way Phil, Phil is really quite unlikable, and he's he doesn't, he just doesn't seem to like. I, I'm surprised when people say like he's like. Yeah. He's just—he's always a family man for convenience when he wants to be, when he wants to make a show. It's like every time, like when the Dennis was around, they would go into the Vic together to just be a family, so everyone could see like this unit. Yeah, yeah, it's all for show. But now he feels yeah. like, and now he feels like Ben has like broken away from that. Which, to be fair, any 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 son should break away from the family and just like make their own path in life. Feels kind of just kind of again, just being like, nah. You've, it's your own trouble. I don't care. I'm off to <laughs> I'm off to mm. look after Louise because <laughs> you know her mum's had a car crash and broken her legs. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's just uh, it just it you did not surprise me week, with yeah. Phil doing this at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, almost. Um, but luckily, I don't almost. have Phil coming to visit us. It does not surprise no. me that Phil has done this. Honestly, it really has not surprised me in the slightest. And. Uh, it's just, it's just the trait of made Mitchell. Up. He's a really. I thought they'd made up. I thought the no, whole point of this whole, of that no, whole Simon really. thing was that Phil, that Phil kind of came in and went like, "Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm your dad. Let's deal with this. You'll be fine." And gave Ben, and gave Ben this massive talking to, um, and Ben was all proud and glowing and thinking, "Oh, my dad loves me. Everything's fine." And then when he goes to him with genuinely a massive problem like that, I might have my legs broken today, Dad. It doesn't care. It it, it, it yeah. didn't sit. It didn't sit well well with me at all. Um, anyway, uh, so yes, the big the big point of all this is that Kirat has made uh, has basically become a silent partner for the Archers, and by, and by silence I mean Ben's literally like I mean silent, like don't tell anybody. Like this is literally don't, don't say a word. Silence, as silence as silent can be. Sleep fast asleep. Go sleep in the corner. Go on. Not interested. Um, hmm. But I think this is a really exciting point i have to say now i know it's probably going to lead to shenanigans further down the line but i actually think this is very exciting because what we actually have now is Mm -hmm. the archers under joint management between the mitchells and the panasars (laughs) i love that i think this is brilliant i'm really excited about this imagine when suki finds out that she owns half the archers imagine that moment she is um you know yeah because what's going to happen is this as we said in the intro there's a big old jag secret still hanging in the air i have absolutely no idea how that's going to come out i have to say i don't know how anyone i don't because only ben and callum know about this i don't think even phil knows about what went on with jags does he um so 
It is no. literally just Ben and Callum who know about this. So I have genuinely no idea how that's going to come out. But when it does, hot mm. damn, this is going to be a good war. Because Philly's going to return at some point and find that the Panasars, who he hates, like there's been no, you know, there's no love loss between him and Suki whatsoever. So when he comes back and finds out that the archers, well, he, I mean, he, he claims that, you know, Ben owns that and he's not interested in it anymore, but it's all about pride with Phil, isn't it? You know, it's all about, you know, he, he will look at that and say, even if it's not directly owned by me anymore, it's owned by Mitchell's. So, you know, that's a Mitchell business through and through. So when he comes back and finds that the Panasars own half of yeah. it, <laughs> um, mix, throw that into when the Jag secret gets revealed. I genuinely think we have got a massive war coming on the horizon and I'm really looking forward yeah. to it because it's going to be yeah. epic. And Callum is definitely going to get tied up in Same. a warehouse. I'm telling you that for nothing. I will bet you £170,000 that Callum ends up being tied up in a warehouse <laughs> at some point. It's a yeah. kink, I think. And falls writers. backwards into find a any skip. excuse to tie, yeah. find any excuse to try to tie Callum up, and the yeah, honestly, they sent him into Penelope pit stop. He's just tied up in the warehouse. Help, Ben! Help! Um, so help. that's that's coming up. Help! So that's coming on the horizon. A massive war between the Mitchells and the Panasars is coming, and I cannot wait. To yeah. Excited. Do you, do you? I'm excited too, actually, and I totally agree with you. And as as you say, I don't think it was a coincidence that one of the lines this week from Ben was, it's been in our family for, well, since my dad Mm. had a fringe. Uh, That's not a coincidence. Yeah. So it's going to be used, as you say, in a war in some way. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) Interestingly, um, and this kind of goes into the kind of Suki and Honey story a little bit too. They're obviously Mm. making a friendship between Suki and Honey. Honey is obviously linked in some way to Billy, Billy obviously being a Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is a route for the writers down the line for them to then have something, some, some, almost get Honey in to try to manipulate Suki in one way or another? That if this story does get legs and start running down the down the lane and um, running down the lane, I'm I'm on top form today. Sorry, kids. Uh, if if it's going to be if it's gonna... just what just pause just pause there, Alex. Alex tells me quite regularly. He goes, oh, do you know what? I mess up all these phrases and, you know, sayings. Of it, but I'm really, really good at catchphrase. The TV show catchphrase. I'm excellent at I am. The TV game show. I don't believe you. I don't believe me. You talk utter <laughs> rubbish when you come out with these phrases. I don't believe that you know these sayings whatsoever. Honestly. No, I am. You, I am. Because but... they're presented in front of me. In a, if they're presented yeah. in front of me as a computer flash animation with Mr. Chips in the background kind of waving like that, then I, yeah. I get it. I get it. It's just that they don't come to my head quick enough when I'm having a conversation <laughs> with people. <laughs> but no, I would. Stephen Mulhern, call me. I would be good on your game show. I'll get those. I'll get ITV a top rating for that. Suki and <laughs> Suki and Honey's relationship. Do you think there's 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 a reason for that relationship? They are, but I struggle to see Honey caring that much about Mitchell drama. You know, because I don't see how they'd get Billy involved with it. Suki, on the other hand, maybe would be the one that would try and manipulate Honey. I can I can imagine Suki being mm. the one that would turn around to mm. Honey and go, "You know Mitchell's." So that way, possibly, I think would be more likely. Right. Because I think Honey would be more likely to sort of yeah, yeah, you're my friend, Suki. Of course I'll go of course I'll go and kill Billy. Absolutely fine, yeah, sure. Um so I do <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like it's um yeah. <laughs> sort of doing a jackhammer approach down the lane. Um so <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> Honey was mental this week. Um yeah, so um yeah, no, that I could see happening. And possibly you're right, I hadn't seen that actually on the horizon but of course there's a reason for, of course there's a reason for it isn't there and of course there's a reason why they would put Sonny and Cooney together yeah you're right you're absolutely right that is exactly what's going to happen isn't it yeah I didn't think about that absolutely mm. right yeah no so, so yeah that's what's going to happen isn't it Suki and Honey Suki is going to once she finds out about all of this she's going to use Honey as a sort of chess piece isn't she to sort of Find stuff out, find stuff out about the Mitchells she's going to persuade somehow she's going to get stuff on Honey Honey will probably and don't forget Jay as well because Jay maybe they're actually going to remember yeah, that Jay was yeah. quite heavily involved with the Mitchells at some point that's more maybe more likely hmm <laughs> yes but they might remember that Jay's involved with Honey at some point as well because we don't see much of that yeah, oh, yeah but, um, exactly yeah it just mm. it just feels it felt like a really weird other than it being very sweet scenes with Honey and Suki the last couple of weeks, it, it felt a little bit like, but why? But why? And then, as you say, when they started doing the Karat paid off the loan, I started putting it together. 
So I thought the Mitchells might manipulate Suki in some way using Honey, but yeah, you're right. I think it's more likely it's going to be the opposite way yeah. around. Suki's going to manipulate yeah. Honey to manipulate somehow uh, because mm. Honey's still got that. Uh, Billy's still got the thing for Honey as well. So really, yeah. Honey could literally click her fingers and Billy will then do something for her. And and it's not the first time Billy would betray the Mitchells, his own family, in the, in, no. in the process. So. Yeah. Ooh, that makes it even more exciting than this feud that's mm. hopefully happening with Panasars. And I do, I, I know I moan about shenanigans. A shame though, because that's going to ruin this, this friendship though, isn't it? Yeah, but I couldn't really see where, where could it go? I don't know, but it, I just, I did quite like the idea, because I, this whole thing, you know, when, 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 um, Honey turned, <laughs> Honey turned up at the restaurant and sort of presented Suki with three paintbrushes. We're going to an arts class. Um, and so, and, you know, and, Suki's and a beret. Like, Hi. <laughs> and a beret on her head. Um, that's the sort of random stuff that I, actually, you know, it was funny. And, you know, it's, and it brings out this really sort of soft, kind of nice side to Suki. I don't, I mean, you know, as we both said, I don't want them to ever lose that sort of, evil, bitchy, vindictive side of Suki because no. it's really fun to watch. But at the same time, Honey seems capable of, of kind of coercing some really sort of soft, fun-loving side out of Suki as well, which is really nice to watch because we've said for a while that what we were missing from Suki was sort of those sorts of multi-layered things to it. Yes, she's, yes, she can be a bitch. Yes, she's, you know, got a family on a tight leash, but there must be something else to her. And Honey, apparently, of all people, is capable mm. of bringing that out of her. Um, so I think it would be a shame to lose that. And if the only reason this friendship is happening is to have Suki manipulate Honey in order for this Mitchell's Panasar war to go on, and then the Honey and Suki relationship is lost, compl- is gone forever, that would be a shame, I think. But we don't know. We're literally okay. just throwing theories at the wall and see what sticks here, aren't we? But a lot, there's a lot yes. coming on the horizon. I think what they did, I think this week actually, as a whole, was all about building, a, like showing, starting the building blocks up for what potentially could be quite an exciting few months coming up. Um, so let's hope we're right about that. But mm, one to watch. But yeah, that's exciting. Um, Ikra, Ik- Ikra and Mila and Keone. So Ikra stood up for herself this week um, and said, you know, they want to build a mosque where the old Argy Bargy uh, stands. Um, I'm so glad they're using that set or that using that building again because you see it in the background all the time looking really tired and run down with graffiti on it. Mm. And I just think it's such a shame because like I used to love them having a, like a restaurant there. Um, mm. and But but they're going to turn it into a, a worship place, a, a mosque. And they're trying to get the funds up. They're trying to get the... Uh, you know, the sponsorship, so they're able to open it. And then someone came along and uh, said to who goes to the same mosque as Mila and Bobby, uh, uh, sorry, Ikra and Bobby, and said, like, you shouldn't open a mosque next door to a gay club. And basically, uh, Ikra then had at it and told him exactly what she thought, saying that she's a proud lesbian and that she thinks there's no problem with that. And she's a proud Muslim as well. Um, I thought it was a brilliant speech and I thought it was really stirring. But... um, and and it kind of helped their cause then to get Keone back because they're trying to get uh, the, not the ownership of Keone, but trying to take care of Keone with um, with uh, Mila. So what did you think? Did you think um, that Ikra kind of was a bit too forceful with her opinion or do you think she had every right to say what she um, said? Right, help me say this right because this might not sound, this might not sound initially... <laughs> This might not sound initially great, but I know what I mean. Okay, so help me out here. I think there's a convers. I think there actually potentially is a conversation to be had from that guy's perspective about them building a mosque right next door to a gay bar. I think that is potentially right. something that is, you know, because you know we're not just talking about that one guy. We're talking about the sort of the Muslim community and what some of those really sort of those people might think about. Like, is that is that an opinion that's going to be shared from quite a lot of people that go to this mosque? Um, you know, mm. so I thought that was potentially quite interesting. Um, but yeah, no, the Ikra and Mila stuff, perfectly nice. Yeah, I liked Ikra standing up for what she believed in. It was great. Um, we have seen that Jacob guy before, haven't we? I, I swear, like, where, when was he? Like, he was on it, but he's been on it before, hasn't he? He's a, he's a recurring character of sorts, isn't he? I swear we've seen him before. Jacob, sorry, Jacob the lad the guy, who um, was basically the... against the mosque. No, no, no. Jacob, the guy, I think his the, name was Jacob, the, who, um, was, in, who was, um, social visitor. Uh, the child welfare officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where we've seen him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, thought we had. Anyway, I uh, I can't um, remember seeing it before. I to be honest, but, thought but we had but, seen yeah, it. Yeah, but, but perhaps. Help! Let, let's know in the I comments. I can't. I genuinely um, can't. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> if in doubt, send it to the comments section. It's like Google for us. You know, if, if in doubt, ask Google. If in doubt, put it in the comments section. We'll, find, <laughs> yeah. we'll read it later. Uh, <laughs> and do you know um, what? They always come up trumps as well. I tell you what. They always do. You always do it. And yeah. Do, they do. You always let always us know. Always fill us in and mm. get us. We appreciate it. Yeah. So we, like say, we it's literally like Google. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, but essentially that is um, yeah. Please. <laughs> uh, essentially, that is um, another new kid on the square. Keone seems to be around to stay now, which which is exciting because we liked we liked the cut of Keone's jip when we saw her last, didn't we? Uh, so yeah. it's so that's another sort of kid on the square, um, which is nice because um, we've got. a good old little cast of young uns now haven't we there's, there's a, quite a sizable yeah, sort of younger that. generation of cast at the minute yeah like there's at least i mean if we go we've got bailey we've got keone now we've got amy we've got lily we've got scarlet uh we've got tommy we've got um who else have we got well, six we've got um janet we've got will um so that's eight and they're all of a fairly similar age, aren't they? Mm. I'm sure we're forgetting, we're forgetting, we're Which forgetting really kids su- as well. But probably, but it's surprising as well because EastEnders has never really had a very large young cast. So this is the first time I can really think that they've kind of done this. Um, which I suppose is the right steps because you want to kind of have... And when I say young cast, I don't mean like 16, 17, 18 year olds because there's always kind of been a generation like that in EastEnders. But mm. I mean, you know, very young cast. Um, I mean, you it's tricky with young actors because, you know, and this isn't this isn't me kind of... This is a very umbrella comment, but sometimes it, it's very... Some young actors can be very difficult to believe in the, the part they're playing. Um, and so it, it can be a bit, you're watching it and you're kind of a bit like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I, I just can't. Mm. Um, so, uh, but, but, but the way that the actors that I see, they seemingly have at the moment, I think on the whole are pretty, pretty decent, uh, uh that they've got on there. Mm. It just, it just interests me now though, what they're going to do with them. Are they going to do? Is it? Is it like Kate again? Maybe a Kate Oates thing on Coronation Street. I think she introduced a lot of young characters on there um, when she was the executive producer, and a lot of them had then stories that were, you know, they had their own stories, very strong stories, which were almost like you know quite you know center stage stories. So I wonder if is that something they're now kind of going to introduce a, a well, story for one or two or three of the younger characters. Well, what I do know is that Corrie has really, especially at the moment, in Corrie's current era, Corrie has really been building mm. up its young cast at the moment and sort of putting a lot of the younger characters in the spotlight. Like the younger character, the younger generation has had a lot of quite big stories in Corrie recently. Um, so it, it might be that EastEnders is sort of thinking, yeah, that's a very good idea. We should, we should probably do that. And, um, as sort of, um, like you say, Still building bad. their own young <laughs> cast up. Cause we've got a, yeah, cause we've got a, like, like we said, we've got a quite a sizable young cast group now. Um, I think now what it is, it's, you know, we need to establish all of these young kids' characters, um, you know, and see what makes them all sort of tick as young'uns. And, you know, because there's a few kids that we've got a pretty good sort of base, we've got a pretty good idea about what sort of people they are and their personalities. But then there's a few that we're a little bit more unsure of. So it'd be nice to sort of see that maybe even the, cause maybe the likes of Amy um, and Will, um, you know, I I'd like to sort of see them a little bit more, and sort of really sort of you know watch them grow up a little bit, and sort of see what sort of people they're going to become. Um, but yeah, no, it, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and now, obviously, Keone is a sort of brand new kid, kid, kid on the square. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to because you know if you've got to think about it, if we've got EastEnders around in ten years' time, these are the kids that are going to be at the forefront of the show. You know, in, in ten years or so. So. They need to sort of start building these people now. If that's if if they're going to keep them around, as long as they don't kill any of them off, uh, then you know that's the um, which isn't which isn't beyond the rounds of possibility. Let's be fair, uh, which it, but no. yeah, it's no, not at all. No, simple as no, it's not. Uh, so yeah, but there you go. So Keone is now uh, officially on the square, and she's going to be living. Yes. I and mean, where I, it's, is is Mila moving in with Ikra? Because I think Icarus still got this massive house that just I just she lives be. in. It must be yeah. now, surely. Yeah, Mila yeah, must she's... now be moving out of the I mean, Beals' house, she's... surely. 
Was Mila still living in the Bill's house then? But, well, yeah, because they've never seen yeah, her because... in any scenes when they've done any in the house. Well, yeah, because all the stuff that was happening, you know, when Mila brought Ikra back, you know, and Ikra was waiting, waiting for her. So she was, she was, at, she was at Bobby's house, and they were sat there, and you know, they walked in. And what, like, why wouldn't you just go straight home? Why wouldn't they just bring Mila straight around to Ikra's house? So I'm pretty sure that Mila is still living at the Beals. Oh, I don't know because didn't Mila like have a thing with Kathy, and so she said she wasn't going to live there anymore. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around where Mila's living because be at the moment now in my head, I'm pretty sure I'm just it's thinking that Mila lives in a box. <laughs> <laughs> just taking out yes, whatever she's by, needed. Um, <laughs> yeah, by logic, she must have to move in with Ikra now, especially if they've got yeah. a daughter. Must they must they must have to? They can't not. Yeah, well, I think now I think now she'll move in with Ikra like, if she. No. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. now she will move in with Ikra. That will be the sensible thing to do now. So for, I think I think it's safe to say from this point onwards, Ikra, Mila, and Keone all live with it. All live in Ikra's house. I think that's I think that's the, that's the thing now, isn't it? So there you go. Yeah, we'll just go from there. You're, you're saying is if you're trying to work out in your what? own head and trying to confirm it for yourself, that's right? Totally. So from now on, this is, is what's happening. Happen. Am I right? From now on, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yes. BBC, are you listening? Because uh, that's what's happening. Yes, that's what's <laughs> happening now. BBC, I've, I've confirmed it. <laughs> confirmed in Rob's head. Um, <laughs> I I think that is everything for this week. I think um, so. Unless there's anything you'd like to bring up, Rob. All right, two seconds. Whitney still. Whitney's decided that maybe the singing thing's a good idea, and we had a little scene with Whitney and um, Rocky and the singing agent who fancies Rocky. In in Beals, mm. uh, so even Alex isn't paying attention to this bit. That but that happened, all right. That happened. We'll move no. on. That's 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 <laughs> more to come. <laughs> more to come. But that happened, all right. It it happened. It happened. It happened. And we'll move straight on now to I ain't want to gossip. <laughs> And you know me, I ain't one to gossip. So, we're going to read out some of your comments that you posted on Twitter this week. First one is from at Sharon Watts underscore, who has written, Kathy, Ruby and Jean stole the show this week. Bit of an odd use of certain characters such as Terry and the Ben Mitchell loan shark story is so repetitive and the lad threatening him was dreadful. Good to see them focusing on Isaac and his recovery with others around him, though. In fact, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't mention it, actually, because we actually saw Isaac this week, and he does seem to be on the road to recovery quite a bit. He's got a way to go, I think, but he had a, a conversation, but he seems, to have made a, he seems to have made a friend in, in the ward. And I have to say, this was driving me mental, because I was looking at the actress who was playing this friend, and I recognised her, and I can't think where the hell she, what the hell she's been in that I recognised her from. We said the exact same thing and we yeah. were looking everywhere. We can't say, comment below if you know. Comment section, <laughs> comment section, let us know. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was driving me mad. But actually, I really like the Isaac stuff this week because it's, he's it, it, and, and also he's sort of taken Lola and he's accepted Lola back. Um, it turns out that this woman who we made friends with is the one that's been eating Lola's burgers. So I'm glad that mystery's been solved because I was wondering. Yes. Um, but how she's got hold of these burgers, I don't know. I don't know what the hell goes on in the, it goes on in the mental health section of Walford Hospital of Walford General but you know these burgers sort of apparently made the journey around and ended up with this woman who told who told Isaac actually you need to make sure that there's gherkins in the next one uh, <laughs> fair enough um, but yeah she, he, he has taken um, Lola kind of back and wants to see Lola more so their relationship is starting to get a little bit better and um, she, he's letting Lola he's letting people in he's got a way to go and I think he's admitted that yes. Because he's still kind of quite edgy and quite tense, and I think he's scared about going out into the big wide world again. Um, but he is getting he is getting better, which is nice to see. But yeah, carry on. No, I did, that's, that's I completely agree. I suppose it's quite it's fortunate that we had that comment about uh, Isaac. Um, mm, I just felt I like it was just that. almost other than obviously him letting Lola back in. I just felt like it was a bit mm. of the same to me. Um, I don't know. I'm just finding it really hard to kind of get invested in the Isaac story maybe and that's so without me really realizing it I've kind of just kind of put it to the back of my mind now which is a shame I don't maybe I'm, I'm obviously a minority on this because I think a lot of people do like the Isaac story um I just I don't know as it's like what I said last week they just don't seem to give it enough airtime for me to kind of invest um yeah maybe this is the first step for, for them to go forward with it mm. who knows but yeah i agree with the rest of those comments too it's, it's it was you know it was a fun week i mean it was less of I the like silliness as there was last week but i i 
Yeah, but I still I still have the kind of in my in my mind that we are in the summer silly season um, with mm. bits and pieces of the stories that's kind of going around in it. Mm. Um, if anyone has any comments that they want to share with us, Rob is going to give you the details of how to get in touch with us. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Wolford Weekly. You can find us on Facebook at Wolford Weekly Podcast on YouTube. Don't forget to like, subscribe and click the bell to get notifications about any videos that we have posted. Uh, and you can listen to us on Apple, Podbean, Spotify or any of your favourite podcast sites. You can email me at robwolfordweekly at gmail.com or on the other guy's email address, which is alexwolfordweekly at gmail.com uh, we will be back the same time next week it's nice to have EastEnders back in a sort of I know it doesn't I know it's not as convenient for us obviously but um, it's nice to <laughs> yeah. sort of have EastEnders back in proper duff duff mode isn't it because the duff duffs didn't really mean anything when you can literally just watch the next episode there and then doesn't it so no. it's nice to have no. that sort of looking forward to the next episode sort of thing so EastEnders is back where it belongs hurrah hooray hooroo uh, and we will be back next week same time, same place. Goodbye. Ella, Ella, hey, 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 under my umbrella, under my umbrella, comment, comment, a, a, a. Hey, 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 hey,